All right, John Curley, Sherry Elliger Show, and you coming along for the ride. Love to have you. You want to be a big part of the show. You can write to us at MyNorthwest.com. Come on in through that state roofing text line, one 973 All are welcome. One is chosen by the teeny tiny lady who contributed mightily to the show today. All about potatoes. Here we go. Thank you, teeny. I was still talking while I was coming up for the air there. Sorry, sorry about that. All right. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> so um, Merrick Garland was asked over and over again um, during a committee that was going on. Uh, I guess as Ted Cruz is pounding away at him because they're trying to show, hey, why do you enforce some laws and not others? And he was basically pointing out, you know, you you've arrested eight people that were protesting in front of abortion centers. You haven't caught anybody from Jane's Revenge that's, you know, doing stuff, graffiti and breaking windows and setting stuff on fire. So you you haven't done anything to go get the pro-life, uh, the, the pro-abortion people, but you're getting the pro-life uh, people. It seems a little inconsistent. And uh, Merrick Garland didn't really answer that. But then Ted Cruz decided he's going to dig in. So this is, well, whoa, two minutes and 27 seconds. Does it, does it, do I need to do much setup on this or does it hold on its own, Jacob? Yeah, I think it'll mostly take care of itself. Okay. So he wants to know from the attorney general about the protesting that was taking place out in front of the uh, Supreme Court judge's house. Did you bring even a single case to enforce this law? Or did the Department of Justice decide this law doesn't apply if it's harassing justices for an opinion we don't like? And the law is you can't protest in front of a judge's house. You cannot protest in front of a jury's house, a juror's house. You're not allowed to. No protesting, no marching around, no signs, no nothing in front of the home, in front of the home, because you can't do this because in some way you are trying to influence the outcome of a case. So did you, because we saw them, right, marching around in their uniforms, yes. little costumes and stuff. Did you go and get any of them? When the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked, I did something no attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every uh, residents of every justice. Well, Garland is a judge. You're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an- a question. I am answering. Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent okay, 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. Def- and Have me- you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes-no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the answer ju- is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so how 70 do you decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the, the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want to How give a... do you decide which statutes you 
you enforce and which ones you don't. But marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute no. you. The attorney general make a determination and you spent 20 years as a judge and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer the I question. I am answering your question. The how attorney general choose, does not decide whether to how arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. If they make a, uh, if they make Marshals an, do not if, have prosecution. If they authority. make an arrest, right, then it goes let's to the marshals. Let's change topics because our, our time is limited. <sighs> I always think there's so many conflicts when you're appointed as the attorney general, right? Whoever the president, because you're in there at the president's behalf. And of course, you're going to align with the president. Oh, no, I am the uh, I am the head you know, police officer for the people of the United States. No, you're not. Listen, they, they weren't going to arrest anybody. Did you know right after the Supreme Court rules? Um, in favor of sending it back to the states, $80 million was raised within a very short period of time for the Democratic Party. In the first week after the Supreme Court stripped away the women's constitutional right to have an abortion, Democrats and aligned groups raised more than $80 million. Mm. They knew. And Biden said the first year, 2023, the first thing he's going to do is, is secure the rights for people to have, for women to have abortions. They're not going to arrest these people. They can't afford to do that. Let them march. They're not going to enforce that law. And Merrick Garland wouldn't answer the question. Why did you not? You know it's illegal. Go get them. You're not allowed to do it. Round them up. Take them in. You're breaking the law. That's a federal law. You're not allowed to march in front of somebody's house. You wouldn't have to send marshals there. If you went and arrested the people, they were marching around. You know, but it's so obvious what what's going on. But Ted Cruz gets a chance to whack away at him. Cruz, by the way, running for president, probably. That's what people say anyway. Really? I think that. that's, no, he doesn't stand a chance. Okay. Well, he'll, he'll be one of the also runs in there. A balding orphan, an aging adolescent, never got the biggest piece of candy. Uh, and Randy Wine, well, this is a lot of just Democrat Republican stuff. How exciting, Jacob. This is all that news. We're yeah, you asked for news it. T- Newstainment. We're going <laughs> full blast in the news here. <laughs> so, uh, Randy Weingart, who, uh, heads up the teachers union, she is in front of the Supreme Court because she's upset because it looks like the Supreme Court is probably going to go, yeah, 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 you can't. The president doesn't have the power to forgive all that student debt. And then Randy goes, President Biden said, we are going to deal with that. As we deal with the end of the pandemic, we're going to deal with that. We're not going to start student debt again without actually making a down payment of it. And the Secretary of Education had the right to do it. And frankly, and this is what really pisses me off, Uh-oh. during the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting. And we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All Randy, of a sudden, when it's Randy, about our students, uh, Randy, they challenge it, the corporations Randy, challenge it, the student loan lenders challenge it. 
That Crazy. is not right. That is not fair. And that is what we are fighting as well when we say Randy, Randy, this is about the separation. And it is about the people's future. Randy, it is about your futures. She's not listening. Hi, Randy. Uh, John Curley from the John Curley Sherry Elliker Show, uh, starring Sherry Elliker and uh, David Nivens. Randy, I know you're in charge of the teachers union, so maybe you're not aware of this. There are three branches of the government, and you're referring to the PPP loan, right? Well, the PPP loan that went out to small businesses and corporations, that was actually passed in this thing called Congress. They voted for it and they sent it out because in the Constitution, they are the ones that can send money out. So it's in the Constitution. You can read about it. By the way, in the U.S. Constitution, there's nothing in there about the federal government being involved in education. But that's another topic. But the Congress... The Congress spends the money. The president doesn't have the power to do that. Just thought I'd point that out to you. So that's why the loans went out, because Congress wrote that, passed that, and sent that money out. That's all. What a fool to stand up there and scream, or like comparing the the student loan forgiveness of, what is it, what do they think it is, $500 billion or something like that? They think it's going to be more than that. You know, forgive that and comparing that to the, the PPP loans. The, man, oh, man, she's just showing her ignorance, isn't she? Well, I, by the way, she, I'm going to be I'm going to get in the Guinness World Book of Records, Sherry, as the okay. only person in America that's paying back his loan. You paid back your college loan? No, I didn't take a college loan. No, my PPP loan. Oh, your PPP loan. Yeah, you will be the only one. You probably so will many, be. So many people are like, yeah, I got the, I bought a boat. I'm like, huh? What you, huh? You bought a I, boat? How'd you do that? What loan was that? Free boat loan? Well, she is, I mean, I don't think she's right about the, she, she clearly has the details wrong and what the, what the foundation of this case is about, which is whether or not it was government overreach and whether or not this should be something that only Congress can do. So either she doesn't know that or she's just stirring up the crowd figuring they don't know it either and she's just going to make some sort of passionate speech to get to people so she makes this kind of comparison. But you have to admit there, there was, a lot of abuse of the PPP loans as well. Oh, 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 God, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, there was no oversight. The amount of money, in fact, that's also now the Republicans are doing that, I think, next week. They're trying to figure out where the billions and billions and billions of dollars went and who took advantage of it, who didn't pay it back. The fraudsters, you know, we experienced it here in the state of Washington with people applying for the unemployment insurance and the billions of dollars that went over to Nigeria and other places like that. Uh, yeah, they're, they're trying to figure out because there was no accountability for it. The billions of dollars that went out to the schools, but then it said, here, spend it on what you want. Remember the one we did the story last year? The, I don't know what this one place got a million bucks or whatever part of the pandemic stuff. And it was a ski resort. And they spent it on something. And somebody said, well, how does a ski reason? Why did you get money? Well, because it was important for people to get out and breathe fresh air. So we mm -hmm. took the money, got the money. It's like, yeah, oh, I remember that pouring 
a trillion dollars. 1.5 trillion, another trillion dollars, 1.1 trillion dollars. So people go, well, why is the cost of bacon so high? And why is it so high? And why wait? It's inflation. You see, when you printed a bunch of money, you made it worthless, you injected it out into the economy, worthless dollars, chasing limited amount of supplies, drives up the price. It's very, very simple. Randy Weingarten wouldn't understand it, but you get it. If you print more of it, you devalue the dollar, and we just send it out to everybody. Yeah, there are people that really just ripped them off. Then you could apply, you know, for some stuff. They didn't have anything in place in order to catch people with it. So $700 no, a month. $700 it was just a month. Slowly paying it back, Sherry. Yep. Free money. Yep. Free money. Mm. People figured out a way around it, and they did that. Uh, finally, uh, I want that in there. Do we care? Chicago, the saddest thing about the Chicago mayoral race is the fact that only 36% of people bothered to vote. That's the saddest part of the story. So Lori Lightfoot, who was first elected, uh, the people just said, forget you. She really got garnered about 17% of the total votes. There will be a runoff. Uh, but the saddest story is the fact that people have just basically given up. But you can only get 36% or it might be lower than that showing up at the polls. People have decided, yeah, I don't care. Same thing happened in New York when Bill de Blasio ran, and he won, I think, with like 24% turnout. Tiny turnout. People are just letting that city just go to pot. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, she voted to cut $80 million from the police budget um, after the the George uh, Floyd tragedy, and she... Uh, said that she can ha- hold her head high, that she believes that she did a good job. Someone did ask her, um, do you think you were treated unfairly because of your race and gender? And she said, quote, I'm a black woman in America, of course. Of course. So when they first elected her, was she not black? I think that that she feels as though she's being held accountable for these crimes when there wasn't that she did what she could, but she's historically been incredibly um, lenient on crime and people criticized her for doing things like dancing in the street and not paying any attention to the fact that the, the, the um, crime has gone up like 53%. I mean, it's outrageous in Chicago. Jonathan Turley said this, this is the greatest potential improvement for the city since the 1900, um, when they changed, reversed the direction of the Chicago River. <laughs> Tyson Foods, Boeing, Caterpillar, uh, Citadel are among some of the large corporations that have left Chicago. That's of October 7th, 2022. It's a shame. It's a beautiful city and it's just a mess right now. So she, got in hot water with the teachers union the press got mad at her she had a bunch of other problems as well but when they she was black and uh lesbian when they first nominated her and she got in there that was historic and then when she doesn't win then they don't like her because of her race hmm she is the first mayor in chicago in 40 years to lose yes. an election. And like you said, 17% of the vote. She didn't even make it to the runoff. I mean, she just did yep. not show in this thing at all. They're going to reverse the river there again. All <laughs> right. 
I went when I was living in Champaign Urbana, Illinois, and Paula said, "You know, you're losing your hair. If you lose your hair, we're gonna you're gonna lose your money. We won't be able to be on TV." We drove all the way from Champaign Urbana. I was making uh, thirteen thousand five hundred dollars a year. She's driving there thinking, oh, I can't afford this gas. Go all the way up there to meet the guy, the doctor that invented Rogaine. Oh. Right? So I'm sitting uh-huh. in the waiting room, and he comes out, and he goes, uh, Curly's? I said, yeah. He goes, so which one of you has the hair problem? I said, I've got the hair. She's got the problem with it. It doesn't even take me into the waiting room. I mean, into the, like, exam room. Just uh-huh. goes like this. Looks, goes like this. I call him. He's going through my hair. Uh-huh. He goes, you're, you're fine. You're fine. I went, okay. And then <laughs> he left. And then the lady's like, that'll be $350. Oh. I was like, ah, all right. That's like, all right, like 2% of my annual income plus the gas. It was a long trip back down, downstate Illinois after that little trip, Sherry, I'll tell you that. You think he'd want to sell something, even if even if he didn't think you needed it. You think he would be like, "Yeah, here, take." That's a few the of this. kind of honesty you're going to get from the guy that there in the, the Chicago. Yes, the Midwest, the beautiful Midwest. Yes, there you go. There we go. Welcome back, everybody. We're joining us on the line, Representative Drew Strugsbury. Thanks for coming on. I saw the news about uh, Tenino. The uh, sex offender, the house that was supposed to open there, got, well, what do you know? The people rose up, and media picked up on the story, and now, whoa, the house is going to be sold, and they're not going to move any sex offenders in there. Enumclaw, folks that you represent there, um, do you think they'll have the same victory? You know, I I sure hope so. They are a uh, really, really dedicated bunch that cares a lot and are rightfully very, very concerned. Um, yeah. And uh, I know it's a bit of a self-interested argument to make, but I'm sure hopeful that uh, the 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 work that I'm doing in the legislature, along with my uh, seatmate, Representative Eric Robertson, and uh, our King County Council member, Reagan Dunn, uh, the pressure we're putting on the department, uh, the county in various ways, um, really hope that at the end of the day, we're going to get the same result that, that happened in Tenino and make sure that the community can uh, be safe and um, not not worry about leaving their house. Yeah. Drew, I was really surprised. Your, the bills didn't make it out of committee, but basically just said, listen, you have to have the DHSS should be the ones that let everybody know. You don't, they don't have to tell people that somebody from McNeil Island is being released into their community. Yeah, you know, uh, this, the experience with Tenino and especially with Enumclaw really show where there are some gaps in the current law. Um, and I was really disappointed. And, and I told the department this uh, in a meeting I had with them uh, a couple weeks ago, and I told it to them again uh, at the big town hall meeting they had out in the Unclaw. Uh They basically admit that they viewed the legal requirements as an absolute floor and didn't think that they needed to do anything at all to go above and beyond. And, uh, that That is really mind-blowing that for a topic this sensitive, when people uh, are are this concerned, very legitimately so, uh, that the department wouldn't realize what a delicate and sensitive situation it is uh, and try to go above and beyond to assure the community. It, it, they, they, they didn't do that at all, and that was one of many reasons why uh, myself and my uh, my colleagues here and the community are very, very disappointed. Drew, can you explain what the fair share principle is? Yeah, you know, the, the idea is that uh, – 
without the fair share principle, uh, the the courts or the department could uh, potentially place all of these folks, whenever a judge orders they leave McNeil Island, uh, could place all of these folks just within a few miles uh, from the island on the mainland, um, you know, right, right there in, in West Pierce County. Um, that that would kind of be the cheapest because it involves the uh, uh, least amount of transportation costs and things like that. So I think the a, a, a fear was without something like the fair share rule, all of this, all of these folks will get dumped in one really small area centered around Pierce County. Mm-hmm. So that allows them to share responsibility, if you will, but for them spreading out a little bit. So you don't have everybody in one centralized area. There's maybe three people to go here, three people to go there. And that seems to be a, a less of a burden on the community. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I think it's exposed two flaws. One is the way this, the, the way the fair share is written in the law, it's only based on county. And so there's no way to differentiate between Tacoma and Carbonado or Seattle and Enumclaw or mm-hmm. Olympia and Tenino. Um, and, you know, representing an area that goes from, uh, you know, single family suburbs to some very rural areas, rural areas are really not equipped for, for, um, these kind of folks because, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, uh, King County Sheriff's Department closed Close the precinct that served that that area. So, um, you know, nearest deputy could be 20, 30 minutes away if there's ever an incident. So, um, you know, the, you, you just are utterly lacking in the services that you need in some of these rural areas. But the law doesn't require you to differentiate within a county. It, it, it just has to be somewhere in the county. So that's one flaw. Um, yeah. The other flaw is, you know, look, we the, 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 the problem um, is – McNeil Island is is a civil commitment. They they constitutionally they can't be held there indefinitely, um, and some of them are. Uh, but eventually, courts get to say that no, this person uh, has completed their treatment and needs to leave the island. And so, you know, part of the trick is one, once you get to that point, how do you keep the community safe and feel comfortable when a court orders folks uh, off the island? But I think it's also uh, you know making me and I hope others realize that, okay, we understand that McNeil Island is a civil commitment only, but are the criminal penalties we're levying on these people appropriate? Are they commensurate with the crime? And and are we um, under-criminalizing these really, really heinous and horrific acts? I can't remember mm-hmm. the exact number of, of um, uh, offenses that the guy who was placed out in Inqua committed, but it, it was dozens, um, like 50 yeah. or 60 or something. And yeah. I, I, I get the idea that you can't commit somebody civilly forever. Okay, fine, but why did he get out of jail in the first place and never go into the civil commitment? Um, you know, and, and I sure hope that as uh, legislators are hearing from their uh, their constituents about all of these various public safety issues, um, you know, and, and I get that in other areas like drug possession, there, there's a push to not keep people locked up for as long. Um, but yeah. I don't think that ought to be the trend for these these kinds of offenders. Representative, let me ask you, what did Tenino do um, to succeed in ordering able to block the, the placement there? And could the people of Enumclaw sort of copy the, the, the same attack? And what yeah. would you recommend that yeah. they do if they, if, if they don't want something like this? It, it it was a really good coordinated effort of folks down there. I think uh, the the um, 
just absolute waterfall of outpouring of people opposed to the project uh, really made the folks who were going to run this facility um, nervous and, and uncomfortable. You know, who, who, who wants to run a business where every single person in the town can't stand you but doesn't want you to have your business there? Mm-hmm. That's that's difficult. Um, you know, and so that that was really good for the Denial community to make it clear that that, that was not something that they felt comfortable having in their town and um, Enumclaw is doing the same thing. Uh, the, other, the other aspect... Go ahead. Oh, the, the other aspect that I think um, really made a difference for this company's bottom line is the county went out and realized that uh, having this home in that area uh, was going to create a number of, of code violations. Um, and the cost to get that facility into compliance with uh, county codes and ordinances was going to suddenly make make this uh, endeavor not pencil out for them. And so I think they're I was reading- working on yeah, I looking at the same thing to find the codes to, that would match or at least conflict so Enumclaw would be off the hook. I was reading Glenn Morgan, who did the piece in We the Govern, was explaining the woman who bought that house in Tenino for a million dollars. She was going to house five people in that home. She was going to get paid $135,000 a month. Um, you'd have two employees would be there. Those employees would then would go to Olympia and be trained for a couple of days on how to handle these uh, level three sex offenders in this home without a fence around it. It's, to me, it's just, it's, it's just on the face of it, it's absurd. And when you see that what a moneymaker this could make, but for the community, it where's the safety for the for the people? Where's the balance? For I understand you can't keep those guys there at at meal, but at the same time, what are you doing to protect the people and the property values? Yeah. in that community, right? Yep, and 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 sort of your narration just now, I think, um, highlights another point that that I've been making to folks, and that I, I think underscores a big flaw in this process. Is look, okay, if, if you're going to say that that McNeil Island is, is a civil commitment and people need to be released eventually, okay, but that's a really big step down from McNeil Island to a house out in the middle of nowhere in Tanano or Enumclaw with no security, no cameras, no fencing. Surely there there can exist some sort of middle ground. If this guy really is getting rehabilitated um, and really is not likely to offend again, that, that's that's fantastic. Good good for him. Good for the folks that that are trying to help 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 him get better and not have those those horrible urges. But. Um, you know, why, why are we jumping straight from McNeil Island to to a house with no cameras and no security? Sure, surely there can be something in the middle that is slightly less restrictive than than McNeil Island, but more restrictive than nothing at all, which seems to be basically the setup in places like Enumclaw and Tenino. Well, the bill did make it out of committee, but uh, your work uh, doesn't end there. Um thank the rest of the representatives, your seatmate there, uh, Robertson and uh, Phil Fortunato and everybody else that's in there just trying to represent the people of their community. Drew, thanks for coming on. Yeah, th- thanks for having me and appreciate you guys giving attention to the issue. And you're right, we're, we're not done. There's still lots of stuff left for us to do in Olympia, lots of stuff uh, for Reagan to help us out with at King County and um, yep. lots of stuff left for the community to, to step up and help. And they're doing great. Okay. We appreciate the word stuff instead of the other word. All right, Drew, thank you. Yeah, thank you. What they want them to say that about me someday? Child prodigy turned talk show host. Can we start that? I think it's a little late. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. 
You want someone to go <laughs> back, <laughs> reclassify you as a... What would you be a prodigy in? What did you... Here comes, here comes okay. the mailman on the John Curley Sherry Elliker show. Where John was a child prodigy. I'm hey, mailman. What would you rather have? The title of child prodigy or for people to say when you die, he lit up the room? Uh, I'm going to have him say that literally because I'm going to be um, cremated in front of everybody. Oh, that's a novel Big idea. Fire. Big fire. Okay. Look, he's literally lighting up the room. Um, uh, we'll get to letter of the day. Teeny, thank you, Teeny, for all of your hard work. Teeny, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. All right. We'll letter of the day, but first let's take care of all the rest. Here we go, Sherry. All right. Uh, this is the Tacoma Flower Shop subject. Paul at mm-hmm. Long Beach says, concerning Brown's Floral, I used to buy flowers there and understand why they're leaving for Firecrest. Uh, fi- Furcrest. Okay. My great grandmother, uh, my great grandfather opened the third store front in South Tacoma in 1890, a butcher shop and mercantile. Being a third generation Pierce County kid and getting fed up with the Tacoma leaders, the wife and I pulled up stakes and are now on the Long Beach Peninsula. Hate what is happening around the area I called home for 60 years, but loving the beach life. Uh, 253 uh, sort of echoes that same response. I'm appalled by what the council person said. I'm not surprised. They're moving, though. The area of Tacoma is very sketchy. I'm 66 years old, born and raised. I'll be calling Browns to give them uh, all my support. Also, uh, I'll call that council member and state my disgust. Uh, Good letter you wrote, though, LOL. Uh, Cardi B and Offset 425 says, I'll order, I'd order the John Curley fries at the Cleellum Jack in the Box. Okay. And the airport, uh, 425, are you going to do something productive or are you just going to stand there with your teeth in your mouth? What is that in reference to? Um, Did I say something like that or? About the airport, you're taking off your belt, your wallet, your shoes, Mm, your teeth. Yeah, you referenced teeth at some point. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, questions, uh, 425, can you please clear something up for us? What is the guy saying at the 5 o'clock intro? He likes his rollerball or blocks or something totally different. Thanks. He likes his rolling rock. Oh, he likes his rolling rock. Okay. And he listens every once in a while or something <laughs> like that. No, he listens every day. No, he doesn't. He says, I try to live Give him a rolling rock. John was a child prodigy. <laughs> Thank you, Teeny. Okay. This is from Whidbey Island Girl. Gotta love Sherry and Teeny Tiny, but Sherry, weren't you being just a little insensitive to Teeny, suggesting yes. she find a story about a cucumber? Doesn't Teeny live in a pickle jar, and aren't pickles made from cucumbers? Teeny's research could discover her home was made from nefarious cukes. Yikes. Ooh. Wow. Exactly. Oh! Wow. Teeny, look out. All right. A lot of heavy on the news at the end there, Jacob. Way to bring it on. <laughs> huh? Yeah. The ratio is a little weird today. <laughs> Let's try to fix it in the next hour. What do you think? Can we fix it? Let's fix it.